The trouble for Baiju's is increasing after the auditor of the company, Deloitte Huskins and Sells, resigned. They claim that they did not receive any communication from Baiju's promoters regarding the audit for the year ending March 31, 2022. There are also rumors about the company's directors stepping down. Hi and welcome to the BL podcast. This is Nabodita Ganguly. Lokeshwari SK joins me to discuss more about the situation. Hi Lokeshwari, thank you so much for joining us. Hi Nabodita. So, I wanted to know as to what's happening with Baiju since yesterday there are so many developments. So, could you please start with the auditor's resignation? Yeah, sure. Uh, the developments of Thursday in Baiju's are indeed uh, really shocking. So uh, Deloitte Haskins and Sells, uh, who are the statutory auditors of the company, they have resigned uh, yesterday, saying that they are unable to finalize the audit reports for the financial years ended March 21 and 2022, as because they suggested some modifications in the accounts, and these modifications have not been done by the company. So uh, going back a few days, it it may be recalled that the accounting statements of Byju's for 2021 had to be restated they said that revenue was being recognized as a lump sum in the first year and it has been spread over many years so the company had restated the financial statements because of which the company's loss had uh, expanded to 4588 crores in uh, march 2021 and uh, for 2022 the statements have not yet been has not yet been stated by the company it has not yet been released but uh, byju's has go- been uh, saying in uh, various forums that they have recorded revenue of 10000 crores in fy22 but uh, now we know that uh, this number has to be taken with a pinch of salt and uh, it also has been noted that deloitte haskin and sells was actually appointed for a five year term until march 2025 uh, and now they have resigned two years before the term ex- uh, expired Byju's is actually trying to play this down by actually appointing another auditor BDO uh, and saying that and making it look as if it's all very normal uh, but actually the statutory auditor's resignation is uh, a very serious matter indeed so did Byju's issue any formal statement about the same as to what happened or they are just being very subtle about it no they're just trying to just distract people and they said that they have appointed another auditor this bdo msk and associates and they just issued a statement you know they're just trying to distract people and make it all appear like deloitte stepping down is just a matter of because many auditors they step down after 5 years or their contract has to be renewed and so on so they're trying to make people believe that it's maybe just a matter of course kind of a thing whereas it's not Okay, and what's the rumor about the directors? Yeah, there are some media reports that suggested that three of the directors on the board, including G. V. Ravishankar of Sequoia Capital and Vivian Wu of Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, have resigned. Uh, the board only has six directors. Three of them are Baiju, uh, Ravindra and his wife, and uh, one more uh, family member, and three are uh, uh, representatives of the uh, PE and VC investors. so the rumors say that all three representatives of the pe and vc uh, investors have stepped down if this is actually true then it shows that there are very big corporate governance lapses in the company and uh, 
this is just really a big, big development if it is proved to be true. And it can lead to the company's valuation crashing big time because the valuation at its peak for Baiju's was about 22 billion. And this was slashed to 8.4 billion by BlackRock this May. So if uh, the directors have actually stepped down, it's, it, will, it shows that they have thrown up their hands, that nothing more can be done. So in this uh, instance, if this happens, if this is really true, then actually the valuations can come down to even below $5 billion. Apart from what happened yesterday, there are several other developments also with regards to Baiju's. For example, recently Baiju's sued its lenders led by Redwood for predatory tactics. So, what's happening? Okay, uh, so we have to go back a little bit and uh, understand that uh, Baiju's was actually in, in some trouble because uh, their cash flows had kind of come down a little bit because with the opening of uh, schools after the pandemics, the children started going back to school, so their uh, cash flows were coming down and they'd also been going on acquisition spree so they had bought about 17 companies so they had to pay for these companies because of which they needed money so uh, they had actually gone and uh, taken a loan of about 1.2 billion dollars from uh, us uh, what happened was this is actually a loan that is uh, sold traded in the market and anyone any 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 institution can actually go and buy these loans so uh, these loans had been bought by many hedge funds, including Redwood. Uh, and these, uh, uh, these uh, lenders, these uh, institutions that had bought the loans, uh, they were actually going after Baiju's and telling them that uh, you are siphoning money from your companies. And they had tried to change the management of one of uh, Baiju's subsidiaries, which is Alpha. And they were actually putting a lot of pressure on them, including telling them to pay the uh, entire loan very soon, prepay the loans and so on. Uh, so Baiju's had uh, taken uh, all the lenders, including uh, Redwood, to uh, New York Supreme Court and said that these guys were using predatory practices and uh, putting pressure on us. So actually, $40 million of uh, interest payments had been due, had come due, and they're going to pay it. But because of all these issues going on, Baiju said that now we are not going to pay the interest and uh, you just will just wait it out and see what the court says. So that's where the issue stands as of now. Okay. And it said that the company took term B loans from its borrowers. So I, coming from a non-financial background, I have no idea what term B loan is. Can you help me with that? Yeah, this uh, term loan B is uh, one kind of a senior, uh, it's one of the kind of loans uh, that uh, is given to startups. Uh, it is given by a lot of institutional uh, investors who invest in debt. So uh, what happens in this loan is that the person who borrows, he does not have to give the uh, payment in one go. I mean, it is, it is not like large payments annually. They can pay very small amounts every year, say suppose a $100 billion loan. The company can pay only like $50 million or $1 billion every year. And towards the end of the term, maybe five years, they can have to pay the entire amount. But what happens is this actually uh, given only to uh, speculative great companies, that companies which do not have very strong financials or which are not doing too well. So because of these facilities of uh, prepaying very little upfront and so on, uh, these are uh, very high risk loans. So the interest rates is very high. 
So Baiju's had to pay a very high rate of interest compared to other loans that you take from banks and so on. And the other thing is uh, these loans, the institutional investors who actually give the loan in the first place, they have to reduce the risks that they have on their books. So what they do is they sell these loans or list it on the stock market. And these loans are traded on the stock market. So anyone can come and buy these loans on the stock market. And that's what happened here. Like Redwood is a hedge fund. And Redwood, as well as a lot of other hedge funds and institutional investors, have bought these loans from the original investors. So the original investors are not the ones who are actually going after Baidu's and creating all this problem. So uh, this term loan B, so there, there's a lot of risk involved in term loan B. And unless a company really needs funds very badly and they're not able to get it from anywhere else, they will not really go for this term loan B kind of loans. So another uh, background is uh, startups, as we all know, they uh, mostly rely on equity financing that all these PE and VC investors, angel investors, they usually subscribe to the capital, uh, equity capital of a startup. So in a equity funding, what happens is the risk is very low uh, because they'll not really go after a, a company startup and say, you have to repay our uh, money that we have put in your equity. They'll not say that. But when you take a loan, what happens is every year you have an obligation to pay the principal amount or the interest. So if you skip even one uh, installment of your interest or inst uh, the principal, uh, the borrower will come after you and uh, you will be termed as defaulter. And suppose if you have pledged any asset, they'll come and take your asset. And a worst case scenario, if you don't, if you default on more than one or two installment, you could even be uh, dragged into insolvency. Insolvency means your company will have to wind down. So usually this loan, uh, this uh, debt, uh, debt route for funding is actually uh, pretty uh, risky for startups. And are startups doing it often? Because the way you explained it, I was really scared. So are they taking term B loans often for their work? No, no. Term loan, term loan B is not really being taken so much because not too many of Indian startups at least are going overseas. But we've had one or two other uh, uh, Indian startups like Oyo or uh, Pharmacy. We came to know that they have taken loans overseas. But then debt financing, yes, many startups are turning to venture debt. So because that's because uh, all the startups are actually as of now facing this uh, funding winter, as we all know, uh, because, because of all these uh, rate hikes by central banks and the global liquidity tightening. Uh, so the PE and VC investors don't have too much money to invest into the startups. So equity financing was what was kind of supporting all the startups until now. And this uh, financing kind of uh, dried up from the last quarter of 2021. So 2022, the funding winter started. So with equity financing drying up, the other option that's open for startups is to go for uh, bank financing. Now, banks will not really lend to startups because most of them don't have a cash flow or a proper revenue model or very few uh, of them may be making a profits also. And they may not really have too much of assets to give as a collateral. So bank financing route is kind of closed. Uh, then if you, the other route is uh, corporate bonds where they can go and issue bonds and raise money. But that is also not possible because they will not, the startups may not have good rating based on which investors will give them money. So many of them are actually turning to venture debt. Venture debt is again all these PE and VC and these kind of investors who will give them loans. 
uh, this is again as i said it's actually very risky because you have to pay the interest and principal on time otherwise you could be in trouble uh, but we can see that the venture debt uh, financing in india is actually been going up uh, in the last one year like in 2021 it was about 550 million dollars of outstanding venture debt but it went up to about 600 million dollars in 2022 account to gain capital so yeah slowly uh, startups are turning to that and that shows the very difficult situation that they find themselves in as of now and i mean was the way out i mean i remember in your article you wrote and i'm quoting you on that there is no easy way out from the log jam that startups are currently facing they need to change their entire business model unquote so can you explain this a bit yeah so uh, what the startups are were doing and they also many of them are still doing is that, that they have to show growth that is growth in their revenues so many of them don't really show profits because that's a long way away and uh, they use uh, they have to show more and more growth uh, and to show this growth it, it, the growth could be like measured in number of subscribers or number of visitors to your website and so on so to show growth they have been uh, adopting lot of very unsavory practices just to show high growth numbers you know and uh, and why they want to show high growth because the investors the pe and vc investors they look at these growth numbers and based on these growth numbers they give them valuation based on which they can raise funding so uh, they have to keep showing more and more growth like zomato has to keep showing that it's selling to more and more people uh, same it's wiggy or with any other e-commerce website so they they have to keep showing like really 20 30 40% growth and if they show this growth the investors will pour money into them and at a higher and higher valuation and to show this growth they they you know they do all kind of stuff like uh, maybe falsify the numbers or uh, yeah just go after subscribers and so on so so what i'm saying is that the startups many of them have good good business models they have a good idea like byju's had a very good idea of having online tutorials and helping kids with uh, very uh, creative videos and so on so instead of really chasing growth and chasing valuation and chasing investors let them go take it slow you know build build it build their businesses little slowly uh, acquire uh, the subscribers and clients in a slower way and grow and build in a slower way instead of just going after growth and showing more and more higher numbers and so on so if they do a more sustainable business model and grow in a slower way and if they show the clients and customers that they have a good idea uh clients will definitely come to them and they can grow in a slower way you know and uh, i think even the pe and vc investors they they should also you know stop they should also reevaluate the way in which they uh, look at startups and the way they have been driving them to show growth because of course pe investors want to exit after 6 or 7 years and they want to exit a profit and they have been driving these companies but that's really not a way to build a sustainable ecosystem you know that's what i meant over there so okay. instead of just driving growth they they need to go a little slow and uh, try to build uh, get investor trust and get their clients trust and build a more sustainable company first and then you know go after this uh, fund day fundraising mm. and so on yeah. so from what i can understand is it's a vicious cycle of chasing growth and investors only giving money to those who have that growth so as a whole the entire cycle needs to change 
exactly that's what that's been happening and there's no we know way out because these pvc uh, investors who put money in the startups they are answerable to their the people who have put money mm. into them you know they get money from investors in us or europe and though that money they're putting into these startups so they have to show some returns so in turn they are putting pressure on them so yeah like you say it is a vicious cycle <laughs> no so where fear. do we make the start Oh, that's that's really a tough question. <laughs> you know, yeah, the PVC investor. This is this is the 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 problem. Like I said, is startups. Hmm. This is the way uh, they can get fundraising. They to raise funds, they have to go to PE and VC investors, or they have to rely on seed funding, funding from you know their own money or their family and friends' money. But in that way, they cannot really scale up very fast. So. the thing is yeah you they don't they should not really go after fast growth and have to grow like 10x in you know, 5 years and 10 years instead of that like i said if they take it little slow not really try to really go at a breakneck speed <laughs> slow down yeah it it will really help you know if they just rethink the way they are going stop chasing the mad race as they say yeah so, exactly so lokeshwari coming back to byju's this is not the first time that the company is in news for something like this even in the past it was in news for unsavory marketing practices can you explain that a bit yeah uh, so the thing started going uh, wrong for byju's uh, after the covid pandemic ended and like i said as the children started going back to schools parents did not really want to send them in to all these online tutorials they would rather send them to offline tutorials where the children would would mix with other children and hop nob with them and play and so on so their numbers started coming down so um, we started hearing about all these uh, calls to parents from these byju's uh, call center or employees or whatever sales team or whatever and they used to tell them threaten them you know you put them in uh, byju's tutorials otherwise the child will fall behind otherwise they'll not do well and parents started complaining they started taking to twitter and the social media that we are getting all these kind of calls that you have to put put the child into this online classes uh, then again the employees many of the employees of byju's also went to, to the social media and they were saying that there's lot of pressure on them you know to get uh, Uh, get more and more children into the classes, and they were under pressure to do this. Otherwise, they'll be sacked. And of course, we heard about these large scale uh, layoffs because Byju's. The thing is, I think they overestimated the growth, the way in which they're going to grow, and they uh, recruited a enormous number of teachers and tutors and the sales and marketing team and administrative team. So. All these people, once the number of students and the subscribers itself started coming down, they really had to lay off these people. There was no other way out, and we started hearing about large scale layoffs, and that kind of made things uh, worse for the company. And of course, there was this uh, enforcement directorate start raided them for uh, FEMA for uh, flouting the FEMA rules as well. So, yeah, the the company has been in news for all the wrong reasons. Uh, off late okay understood so lastly to wrap up i know it's an unpredictable question but still i'd like to ask byju's is now a household name right everyone one of our niece or nephew so someone is actually watching videos from byju's some of the parents are concerned and they put their kids in this byju's classes so 
keeping that in mind where does baiju stand as a company what does the future look like for baijus do we expect the company to revamp or is it just going down the loophole yeah if you had asked me this question yesterday i would have said yes there is a chance of their revival because they have a good product and they have a very large subscriber base and they are present in lots of cities across the globe and so on so if they regain the trust of the investors and subscribers they could have survived but uh, given the latest news about the resignation of the auditors and the possible resignation of the directors a comeback of the company looks very highly unlikely uh, and uh, this is not just a setback for the company but a setback for the entire startup ecosystem in india because byju's was the most valued startup and if they have uh, been seen to have indulged in practices which are not above board it uh, shows the entire startup uh, all the other startups also in a pretty bad light okay understood yeah. let's see what happens next and maybe we need to have another discussion considering the grave situation that we are in with regards to the startup system in india sure sure let's let's do it again after we purchase yeah. sure thank you so much for your time lokeshwari thanks nabo bye bye